0: Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a
1: program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese.
0: So what is the vomit box? (laughs) Welcome to episode number 119. Today, I'm talking to Andy Schoenfeld. He's a veteran social worker, a very unusual therapist and musician, who, as I've said in past episodes, helped me out when I was going through my stuff back in March and April. This conversation is pretty raw. I don't even have my microphone properly on. (laughs) It's raw, it's out there, and there's a lot of gems, so sit down and relax and take in this beautiful, invaluable recording. Let's begin. Andy, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. How would you describe the vomit box?
1: Why do you want to know? What's the
0: vomit box?
1: Why do you want to know? Well,
0: I may not want to know. The audience wants to know.
1: You can read minds.
2: (laughs) What is this vomit box?
1: You tell me. The
0: stream of thoughts. All right. That's a good one. Negative stream of thoughts, typically. Hence the word vomit.
1: No, it's not negative. It's discrepant. There's a big difference. Negativity is your commutuous commentary on the process. Mm -hmm. Discrepancy is different than negativity. Huh.
0: Elaborate.
1: Well, if you go into the store and the steak, better yet, the pastrami that you buy, fatty pastrami, the kind that you have with fried bread, and mustard. Yeah. The pastrami you buy costs $10 and you only have $6. You're discreet. $4. It's not negative. You're lacking. four dollars short. Your commentary on the process is this is negative, but it's not negative. You just have four dollars. That's not bad. Hmm. So the commentary is out. Oh my God! I'm not going to eat. She's not coming over. I promised the pastrami. So the vomit. All box- I have, all I have, is dry canishes.
2: Yeah. So it's
1: the reactions. Oh, well, it's just a scrap. That means that uh, you're $4 short. That's not negative. Someone could perceive that as well, I got to go scrounge up some change. Let me go back to the car. You know, there's a way around But in the moment, it might seem terrible. You just blew it.
2: So it's not negative. When you hear all that banter in your head, that's not negative. That's, that's what happens. goes off by itself.
1: If you, if you view it as negative, then that's a loss. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's a, a, a feather in the loss column. It's not negative. It's discrepant. It's a big difference. Mm.
0: So what made you use the term
1: vomit? Box? Vomit. We, we didn't get done with discrepant yet. We still have to we still have to try and meander around what discrepancy is. Okay. Fair enough. So um the, uh, the, the term discrepancy, uh, the reason why I use that is because, ask yourself the question, is it satisfying to feel like a failure? Do, do you enjoy the experience? No. Exactly. What causes you to not like the experience? The reaction to it
0: or the subconscious? No,
1: no, no, no. no, no. What what causes you to not like that ugh feeling? If you could figure out how to register an ugh feeling as satisfying, it wouldn't be ugh. But most people are not going to do that. They're just going ugh. This is horrible feeling. So what causes you to not like it? What causes you to want to get away from it? Programming.
2: Mm.
1: Well, okay, you could say programming. What kind of programming?
0: Subconscious
2: programming.
1: Mm, Why is it cross-culturally known that human beings do not like to suffer? Strange, they come into a world where it's designed to suffer and then they reject it. That's another story. Why do human beings cross-culturally not like to suffer?
0: I don't
1: know that's the correct (laughs)
2: answer
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay okay
2: that's the the correct answer we don't Um, know much do we
1: well if you take a look at the last verse of um, the uh, I think it's the uh, expedient means chapter of the Lotus Sutra. Mm. The verse is, uh, this is my constant thought, how to cause living beings to enter into the Buddha or Dharma, Dharma body or Buddha way. This is my constant thought. And so there's the word constant and thought represents function this is, this is my constant function. Now you have to ask the question, who's my? Who's the speaker?
0: Your representative? This is,
1: well, this is my constant thought. Well, historically stated, the, the historical Buddha said that. If you look at it another way, it's life speaking. Life's constant thought is to help you enter into a particular way darwin discovered that uh, within life there's a uh, uh, adaptive change that there's the ability to reach it ability to to potentialize within adverse circumstances uh buddhism mahayana buddhism comes the concept that there's something inside of you that causes you to want to go high. When you're vibrating low, it's not satisfying because there's something that causes you to want to vibrate high. It There's the word cause there's a constant cause in operation, which causes you to want to vibrate higher, have a lighter vibration. And so. We're not doing it. Life does it. Life demands that of us. That's why we reject, that's why we find suffering unpleasant because there's something within us that causes us to want to go high. So that's why it's not negative. It's discrepant.
0: So sometimes the suffering pushes people into...
1: The suffering people don't like, so it causes them to want to seek a solution. Mm -hmm. So that's not negative in my viewpoint. That's discrepant. You're vibrating down, 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 dark and you want to vibrate night.
0: <laughs> the suffering is the teacher.
1: It, it, it causes you to, to do it, whether the human being does it or not. Is another thing. It, it's the it catalyst.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: But there's something inherent within human life which causes it to want to potentialize. You know, survive and thrive. Right, but that's not subconscious. It's it's programmed into the entire system.
0: But this vomit box, as you call it, it it just it (laughs) keeps. Why does it keep going? It keeps going. It just keeps vomiting. (laughs) I remember you once saying that it's like watching the wind blow trees.
1: Well. That shtick is all about. You're not doing it when you're vomiting. It's not. Con- it's not. You're not sitting around trying to figure out how to be a, how to how to feel horrible. Right. It happens on its own. So, like, you ask the question when you take a crap. Do you consider yourself a crappy person? <laughs> no, because you see it as natural, right? And so, I don't know. You might get to the spot where. It isn't the apple falls far from the tree. The apple is the tree, and the tree that came before that, and the tree that came before that, the tree that came before that, and all other trees that are going to come after. That means that the vomit that you have, the way I look at it, I could be dead wrong. Uh, but the way I look at it is that your, your vomit is familial. It's many layers. It's societal. It's collective, but it's, it's also familial. You have a unique personality, which that that those those processes are filtered through the personality. So one person's eating disorder can be another person's sexual fetish.
2: Hmm.
1: One person's sexual fetish can be another person's depression. And so when all of that stuff is happening, you're not doing it. That's like people say, like, you know, they get into this, you know, my parents screwed me up. Yeah. No, and screw up. You're feeling exactly what your parents felt. You're feeling exactly what your great grandfather felt. It's just, it seems like someone did it to you. No, you you come onto this place to experience those. Right? Yeah, that's you come a, here. I believe you come here to experience that. that
0: that's kind of a, a victim mentality, right? You
1: know. it's vomit. Well, that's that's commentary on the process. It's a negative commentary on the process. They did this to me.
0: So is it in a human's best interest to not pay attention to the commentary?
1: Well, it depends. Some people, some people live to complain, and they don't find it satisfying. But some people stay there for a long time. Some people stay there for their entire lives.
0: I had a university professor on a few months ago, and he said, I love to ask my – I love to – give my students a challenge and tell them to stop complaining for one day. And he's like, so you'd be surprised some students come up and say, I don't want to stop
2: complaining,
1: I like it. <laughs> some people, it's, it's what they know. And uh, if, if a person were to be taught at a very early age that 99% of the time what you're hearing in your head is not consciously driven, that helps. Uh, certainly, the diagnostic terms don't help because, like I said, when you take a crafty, you call yourself a crafty person. No, because it's natural. So, if you saw your vomit, you saw that blah, 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 blah going through your head because you're not doing it, it's happening, then you won't identify with it. It's the identification process where people get screwed up. They are into, people are under the impression that they're thinking, they're not thinking, they're listening. Look, if I ask you, what did you have for breakfast yesterday? What did you have? I
0: had a big bowl of fruit.
1: There you go. Now, did you see a picture of a big bowl of fruit or did you hear the words big bowl of fruit? Both. Yeah, it happens so fast. You're under the impression that you're thinking you're not. Works just like the computer, except in picture form. And so there's like an, uh, an audio wave and a visual wave coming through. It happens. It happens. It happens. For this kind of conversation, it happens real fast, beyond the speed of light, and so you're in, people are under the impression that they're thinking. They're under the impression that those are their thoughts. That's like me saying, "Look at the wind blow up in the trees." I'm, I'm using, I'm making my mind make the trees move.
2: Right.
1: You go, no, that's nuts. That's so- but if I said I observe the trees blowing, and you go, "Oh, that makes sense." Mm. So. You know, people are under the impression that they're thinking. And, and my way of looking at it is they're not. It's happening. So. Yeah. And even better yet, my way of looking at things could be wrong. I, I, we choose to come here. We choose to come into a messy, nasty, violent, destructive world. We choose that. On beautiful land, though. On beautiful land, but yeah. we choose to, to do that. when You think the thing that the thing the aspect of us that brought us here is surprised over the fact that there are nuclear weapons and bombs and death? You'd be like, if divine intelligence is so divine, you think it know? <laughs> you think it know about war and pestilence and all right. that stuff? yeah
0: well in christianity it's called the fall right and now we're in this world all right (laughs) hence the adam and eve story so in eastern traditions it's typically called witnessing watching and listening to the thoughts and the emotions and not identifying with them and becoming the observer
1: yeah, I didn't know that when this came to me, when it, ha- when it happened to me for the, the first time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was no, I was not seeking out any spiritual quest. I was simply trying to get through a very painful therapy session.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and um, uh, it was just before I had my knees down. So I was in a lot of pain. And I was in my kitchen, kitchen table and the, the client was standing at the front of the table. That individual had a voice for her mother, a voice for her father, a voice for the entire family. And she was having an argument using all of these voices, screaming crying. crime, snot of her nose. So I lifted my head up off the kitchen table, and I looked at her, and I went, Why must you do this to me? And I put my head back down on the table, and she kept on going. So about another 15 seconds went by and I lifted my head up. And just like, why, why, why must you do this? Put my head back down. And she kept on going. About half a minute went by and without any conscious thought or anything, I looked at her and went, you're not thinking. You're vomiting. You're listening to your subconscious talk and you're vomiting it all over my kitchen table. It works just like your bowel and your bladder. It's automatic except when you take a crap, you call yourself a crappy person, all like bam, all in one shot. Then I put my head down on the table and every light bulb I ever had in my head, crushed and blew out. Huh. I could barely speak. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, I, I couldn't, I was like, did you, did you hear what I said?
2: <laughs>
1: and so when I first discovered that for myself, um, I, I couldn't make a logical sentence for a couple of days after that. I was just so blown away. By this epiphany, this, this realization. Just, just that moment, yeah. I was like, holy shit, I've been listening to this crap for 35 years. Jeez, oh my god. I was like, "Wow!" Oh. so then I went about asking all the questions that I asked her. Why does she do this? Why do I do this? Why must I do it? I came up with um, lots of experiences. It, it, really, it really wasn't intellectually driven. It was more like I had these experiences where I just started to see things completely differently within myself. Like profoundly impacted the way I experienced my daily life. It just blew me out of the canon. And I was, I got real high. I must have sounded like a complete moron. I I was just so high. I would say these things, just like people would look at me like, what spaceship did you just fall off of? And so it was hard to, it was hard to have that kind of realization and experience it within myself. And then like, like, do I bother telling anyone about this? (laughs) Do, do I actually do I actually bother yeah. um, that's when I wrote that is the audio book The Secrets of Psychotherapy yeah, that's what all of that was about and um, it was great I loved it it was hilarious
0: and so how did life change for you moving forward not identifying with your thoughts and thoughts anymore did life get less serious um uh one
1: cannot one cannot be human and not fall into that you know it it doesn't mean that i'm walking around and observing everything that goes (laughs) goes through my head um it's um, it, it. It was a process to learn to how how to live with it, but I had a lot of fun. I created I created the character Mickle. That's the guy that talks like this, mm-hmm. and he was hilarious. He was just absolutely, absolutely hilarious. And so I came up with the mother of all rules, and then I researched it on the web. Because I'm not a big reader. I, I don't read a lot. I read The Nature of Personal Reality by like Jane Roberts. I read that. But I really, I never read a lot. Because I wanted to come upon it myself. Mm-hmm. So then I started to be I started to ask, does anyone else know this? And then I I, I, I read the Eckhart Tolle stuff. It's there. I read the subconscious reprogramming stuff. I saw it in there. And I was like, hey. This is cool. And I was, I, the reason why it meant so much to me was because I didn't read it and understand it. I was just trying to get through a damn therapy session. Right, right. Without staying, without staying. Shut up. Right, right. And then M- Mickle was hilarious. He was just a cut up. It was just so much funny stuff came out of that. It was, it was over the top. Why did you create Mickle? I didn't. I had the information, and I was looking for it and looking for it, trying to find the context for it for months, man. I'm talking about for months I was looking for this stuff. Then one day I was in the shower, and I heard, as clear as you hear me, I heard, so you want to be a schmuck? I don't want to be a schmuck. I want to be a therapist. And I I saw me sitting on a stage with this old Jewish guy sitting there. And I was like, oh, shit, it could be a play. Oh, wow, cool. So that's where the secrets of psychotherapy come from.
0: Why therapy? I mean, you're making a point there that it's kind of rape,
1: but you're a therapist. Wow, Michal is like, if you wanted to open up a daycare center and your name happened to be Charles Manson, would you call it Charlie Manson's Daycare? (laughs) If your doctor's last name was Hitler, wouldn't that get you to ask you a question or two? <laughs> he says, No one pays attention to the name psychotherapist. Psycho therapist, therapist, you know, therapy, two words, therapist. Uh, he called it therapy. Mm-hmm. And says, so Then he came up with the rules. And I just sat there and typed. I didn't. There was nothing conscious, <laughs> and I guess if you actually listened to it, you'd see that there's really nothing conscious in it. I just just typed. So is it's it? Is, this, and, is it? Is this like a channeling type thing? No. Maybe. Who the hell knows? I don't know. All I knew is that it was really funny, and uh, his sayings were incredible, and he was just so funny. He was just. It was just hilarious. He says, when you, when you come in my office, you're hoping it's going to be a feel-good experience. So Angie goes, when I come in your office? And he goes, yeah, when you come in my office. Because I'm not going to come in your office. And he goes, how are we going to do psychotherapy if you don't come in my office? And Angie goes, you mean come in your office? And he goes, yeah, that's what I said.
0: <laughs> well, Andy, how, look, you're a professional therapist. You make a living talking to people about their most intimate things ever. And then you have this realization, Mickle comes about. How do you continue doing therapy after all of this happens and and still take it serious?
1: (laughs) Did I say? Did I say I take it serious?
0: I mean, you got tons of clients. Mm-hmm. And, and we're talking we're talking some heavy stuff, not just a, a, a two-week depression here, a two, two-week depression there. You got some heavy, <laughs> heavy, heavy diagnosis going
1: on. Well, you have to try and understand if you identify the subconscious blah 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 with the focused personality, then then it's their thoughts. I don't view that. I don't view things that way. You can't you can't you can't go around telling people what they are based upon what they hear in their head. That's very dangerous. Mm. That's, that's control, man. Mm. That's some sick control. The entire industry of therapy or didactic therapy, you talk, I talk, you talk, I talk. You know, people think the therapist knows about sex, knows about relationships. Ask ask the mother of the children of how, I, how I am with relationships. <laughs> I'm supposed to know all that stuff. I'm said people come to me with their financial problems. People come to me with their kid problems. <coughs> I'm supposed to know how to communicate. I'm supposed to know. It's one of the real secret rules of psychotherapy that I'm supposed to know because I have a degree. Because I've done over seventy thousand of these, I'm supposed to know all that stuff. What if I don't? Right. What if I don't? They still come back. So they want to talk. Well, they um, people come back for a variety of reasons. To be able to, um, to, be able to get away from advice giving, uh, to be able to get directly to um, people being able to see that what they're hearing in their head is banter, and they didn't create it. Uh, one time I had a woman, this is a beautiful story, I had a woman. Now she had, had, uh, has an autistic child. Mm. And so she, she comes because she's very upset because of what the community thinks of her, what her family thinks of her, and what she thinks of herself as a mother because her autistic child is not thriving. So I told her all this stuff and uh, she took it. She took it, well, uh, she comes back, uh, she started out crying in the beginning, she cried a lot. Uh, she came back one week and she was crying. And I, in my head, I was like, you know, what I heard. So here we go. She says, I was standing in church and this incredibly warm sensation came through me. And I realized all the crap I was hearing in my head was just vomit. Mm-hmm. And above that, I heard your child would be safe. She said, when all the vomit was removed, guess what I had? Now, I'm sitting at the edge of my chair because this is great. man. This is like school for me. And I say, what? She says, when all the vomit was removed, the only thing that was left was my love for my child.
2: Mm.
1: You, everyone, people can learn a lot from that.
2: That's great. That,
1: was a great. that was a great experience, yeah. So, yeah, people say all the time, how do you listen to all that? I don't. I don't. I'm telling you, I've gotten to the point where I zone out and I just listen for it for inflection. And then I jump in. In the book, The Secrets of Psychotherapy, I didn't know this. I didn't know what Mitchell was saying. When he said this, he says, he says to Andrew, you have to be able to learn to listen above the vomit box. And you'll hear angels sing. (laughs) And Andrew goes, and this is a guy that talks about feces and urine. Angels singing. I didn't know what that meant until one day I realized how to get above that puke and listen to what could be a more appropriate, satisfying, uh, uh, move in the right direction answer to people's problems.
0: The higher self, as some people call it.
1: When I look up and see my higher self, I see these huge testicles. And it looks down (laughs) upon me and says, hello, lower self.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. What about emotions? They're not thoughts. They're a little bit more energetic, perhaps. Emotion, energy in motion, emo. Sometimes they... They can get trapped sometimes. People hold uh-huh.
1: on. Uh huh. Well, th- that's that's why that's why we came here to experience all of that. A lot of a lot of the psychotherapeutic communities. What I what Richard had the sense the other day. Richard Jackson. He said, "Selling stupid." A lot of a lot of therapy is trying to sell sell something to someone, to take them out of their experience. Everyone has to go through certain things. There's another great thing he said to me once is that you can't fix all these things. You have to live through it. There are just no answers to certain things. And then on top of it, look at it like this. Let's say I have a subconscious program that says I deserve to be slapped and beaten. Let's say that's my program. I didn't create it, but let's say it's there. So I go in and I have, and I'm bitching and complaining to the therapist about how my boss is so mean to me. Now on a conscious level, I don't want that. But on a subconscious level, you bet I want that. That's secondary gains. is tasty stuff, man.
0: Okay. <laughs> let's stay with emotions first. Because this is something I'm dealing with now. The last few months, I've been feeling my emotions, perhaps for the first time in my adult life, not repressing, just just doing it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I've cried more in my, I've never cried this much in my life. I, I, I can't even recall Crying as an adult outside of a breakup here or a a sad movie there, but really feeling grief, fear and frustration and Mm -hmm. letting it release. First, it was scary. And then I realized what was happening. It was release. I'm releasing something. This is the human experience, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Look at it like that. Something's happening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> something's happening, or something's not. <laughs> you never know. It's the way you frame it. Yeah. The frame you put it well, I'm framing it as something's
0: happening. Good. Because I, you know, Good. I, feel, I feel it, and I'm seeing the triggers. I'm seeing the triggers now witness because i'm I'm'm I'm witnessing more and I'm, I'm seeing the thoughts and the emotions and,
1: uh-huh well, but, some things are better some things are better left undescribed words tend to water things down
0: but you did say one time that
1: you know crying is cleaning out the pipes <laughs> yeah 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 well when that when those things happen, um, have yourself a good breakdown. It'll bring out the best. Yeah, you
0: did. One time you told me, and you said, hey, this is good. You're falling apart.
2: <laughs> 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 what? Like, what are you talking
1: about? One time, one time a woman came to see me, and I love her. It's a very dear woman. She comes to see me and she says, I, I, I can't feel, I'm numb. So I said to her, You really want to feel? And she goes, Yeah. I'm like, all right, sit down, close your eyes. But promise me that once you start feeling, you don't jump up and run out of the office. Yeah. She opens her eyes and she looks at me. I go, close your eyes, relax. And I go, Are you ready to start feeling? And she's like, nodding, yes. And I say. You are the whiniest bitch I've ever met. <laughs> she, she's like, fuck you, you son of a bitch. You're the fucking you, fuck. <laughs> and, and I said, you feel that?
2: <laughs> fuck you.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So she, she needed to be triggered by an insult.
1: She got it.
2: She got, she it.
1: got it. And she came back. She came back for a lot. Well,
0: you're a very different therapist, Andy. Your business cards say Andy Land. <laughs> I mean, come on. That that's not normal for a therapist. You have long hair. You 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 look like you're in a rock band. You smoke. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 have a little whiskey here and there. <laughs> you're, you, you you got Mickle, you, you make voices, you um, you're talking about vomit boxes and rising above it. and not a, This is not a normal therapist. So I would think some people walk away and some people keep coming back because they're like, oh, this,
1: this is different. Every now and then. Every now and then, I have to stay tethered. If I get untethered, I start saying shit that is way out, and so uh, every now and then I become untethered. Uh, you know, I guess after doing it for so long, I've been doing this for thirty-five years, you know, forty sessions. I used to do fifty a week, you know. So there are a lot of people who come. Because especially the young guys, I have a lot of young men and I love them all. If, and, and, you know, I says to this, this one kid, because they're young, they don't have the money. They don't have insurance. So I'll charge him $50, $60, you know, but I love them. And I, I said to one kid once, cause he was talking about his future and his future. I says, look, if you would have told me 40 years ago that I'd be sitting here after 35 years of experience making $50 talking to some kid, I would have said I don't want it. <laughs> but it's, it's the nature of the relationships. I love these young kids. And they love me. And that's just the way it is. I see, I see the potential in all circumstances. And I can spot Genius. And I could also spot those people that are not ready to tap. Them, but I can spot it. Mm. I can spot it. You want to talk about a real genius? It's Richard Jackson. He's the same. He's a real genius. Richard Jackson. Richard P. Jackson. Mm. That dude. Man. He's over the top. I've been, and then to, I, 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 I've been trying to get him on the podcast, but uh, he's a little computer He's, he's a genius. I, I worked with Mike Longo, jazz musician. He was my, he was my music guy. for 40 years, I knew Mike. I did the DVD series with him, The Rhythmic Nature of Jazz. He was a genius. And so, um, maybe the reason why people come back is because uh, of those kind of natures that I have. You know, uh, I'm very, very uber loyal. And so if, if someone um, does something for me, I'll never stop re- repaying it. And so no one was ever like that to me in my life. And so that's why to these kids that come to see me, I have a weakness from mothers and these kids. I had recently had a case, uh, psychoactive substance abuse, so the hospital calls me, Yale calls me up from the uh, social work office, and he says, A um, family is requesting you. I go, What's the problem? It's a psychoactive substance abuse, psychotic symptoms. And I went, I don't want it. I just don't want to do that. No. So goodbye. I get a call about 10 minutes later. The woman gets on the phone. She says, Hello, Andrew. Um, blah, blah, blah. She says her name. And I said, Hello, mother. I'll call them all mother because yeah. I don't know any anyone. And so uh, she said, please, please help my child. Now, what am I going to do? Right. They don't have insurance. What am I? What am I? Gonna do? So just recently, uh, six months went by. Got the kids back at work and uh, out of the woods. And doing real well. And the mother said to me, and here was my payoff. The mother said to me, when I look at my son in his eyes, I see my son is back. And so maybe I'm just too soft.
2: inside. <laughs> mm.
1: Well, there's the fruit deliver. Yeah. But I did that. How much power? Oh, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, what do you want to
0: know? What is the subconscious mind?
1: is my way of looking at things. And like I say, you know, I, I could be completely wrong. The subconscious is a realm. There's no time. There's no space. Everything happens simultaneously. There's constant potentialization in all directions. That's why it moves, to simplify it, to say that it moves faster than the speed of light. Um... It contains everything that you have ever experienced and their reaches of it that contains your great, 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 great grandfather's experience. That's why I say the, it's not the apple falls far from the tree. The apple is the tree. You know, contained within a seed is an entire forest. Um, the data. subconscious. Yeah. Huh? It's like data. Oh. Uh, data encrypted in a language of pure brilliance and um, there's nothing to create everything is there created it's endless there's everything to discover but there's nothing to create it's everything to discover it's more beautiful and wondrous than a human mind can comprehend but you can experience And when you experience it, it's very hard to translate it into language. It's very, very hard. Um, But you experience it uh, in all its dimensions uh, all the time. Uh, People are more tethered to their emotions, their physical body. So they do not delve into the stream. You know, the saying, I saw my life flash before my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It's there, it's all the time, we're just not tuned into it. Um, And so it's a wondrous, most beautiful thing that there are no words to describe how incredible it is.
2: And we can use it to, we can reprogram it,
1: right? You You can play with it. You, you can play with it. It's a great toy to play with. It's great. a great blessing. It's, it's a wonderful thing to see that within every circumstance, there's every potential that exists. You're just tapping into the ones that you're used to. If you look inside of any situation, there's a way out. There's a way through. And it's that never give up spirit to, to find that, to create value. From everything, no matter how horrible something is tucked within it, is the silver lining and so if a person proceeds with that spirit um, you'll never you'll never go wrong uh, most importantly um, one of the One of the best kept secrets is that your life is like a trillion light bulbs, but you only have the switch on one light bulb. That's you. (laughs) All the other switches are all the other people in the world around you. And so if you have a way to, if you have a way to introduce people to things, because you really don't teach anyone anything. It's they're ready to hear something and then. Their growth and their development takes them there. I can't can't tell you how I got to where I am. The only thing I know is that there's something about my life that allowed me to interact with so many people. You know, I do that Buddhist thing, too, the Nam-myoho-renge-kyo, Buddhism. I can't tell you how many people I've turned on to that. And... So, um, the the way I look at it is, um, I don't necessarily do all of those things for me. I played a show in Maine last weekend. I played the York County Blues Fest, and so I did this work, you know, subconscious, blah blah blah. And it not only affected me, but it affected everyone on stage. And people told me, they were like, holy shit, what the hell did we just do? (laughs) Stuff happened that never happened before. So, One time I was working with a woman, and the woman had a picture of her child, the most delightful, beautiful child that you've ever seen. And I go, oh, my God, it's gorgeous. The mother looks at me, and she goes, if she were a football, I'd kick her into the next yard. (laughs) She's like the Tasmanian devil. So I says to her, the kid must be sick a lot. And she looks at me, and she goes, how do you know? Well, because uh, you're sending her disapproval messages.
2: Right.
1: So you should start telling her in your head, I love you. She looked at her. Yep. So anyway, yep. what wound up happening was the woman comes back next week and she says, you wouldn't believe what happened. My kid, after a couple of days of doing that, my kid's Barbie dolls started telling each other they love each other. And then all of a sudden she rushes up to me and grabs me and tells me she loves me. So the level of communication of the subconscious is beyond conception. Yes. You know, like when people say, I never knew he was a drunk. Well, consciously, you didn't know that. But on a subconscious level, you bet you knew. But it's yeah. out of awareness.
0: Right. And so if we have, let's say, a fear of something, we can actually reprogram that by
1: coming up with the opposite with all right. instead of looking instead of looking at the word reprogram tucked within that circumstance are hundreds of potentialities when you're doing the work you're reaching for a potentiality that exists within a situation so let's say i lost my job and i'm all freaked out so i do some of the work and i start seeing you know um uh, I start seeing it at more affirmative light. That's, um, uh, it's not that I'm creating something new. I'm just tapping into another potentiality within the situation. And, and a nifty trick to use while you're doing that is that whole brain posture. That's right. Paul Dennison did the brain gym. Right. Whole brain posture is I mean, statistically speaking, they have no definitive research that it works. But I personally found That it was helpful.
2: Yeah. And so creating a goal statement, which is an affirmation.
1: Yeah, you create your goal statement as if it's already happening.
0: No negativity in the statement at
1: all. No, 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 No negation. No, don't. Can't have have negation. It's not negative. It's just There's no negation. Because negation doesn't exist of the subconscious, it's everything is affirmative. So Everything sick, is. So a sick
0: person could come up with. Um,
1: I am I, healthy. I am healthy. Or I am sick-free. Or... Uh, no, I am vibrant. I am healthy. I always want to go in that direction. And one of the things that I, I learned. Um, Stanislavski, Russian theater director. Had you know, emotional memory. It was his big thing. Uh, the method of consecutive actions. Um, uh, the, um, the, uh, the thing that I do and when I visualize stuff is I visualize the physical action that goes along with it. I use that all the time. I use that every day because I, I go into a session and I'm like, I'd rather be writing music or something else. Right. I'm not like, wow, more therapy. You know? <laughs> and so um, I'll visualize myself uh, with my arms waving and jumping up and down and yay. And then just start the session and a few minutes in, it clicks in. And you feel good That's very, 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 very useful.
0: Do you do the whole brain posture with that or it's just a visualization? Uh,
1: I I just visualize that. I see see it the way it is. I go, that's the way it is. And, And then I just visualize the physical movement and the feeling that goes with the physical movement. I use that a lot. I use that to write music. I use that, I don't know, to... If I want to write an essay or, or I got something to do, I'll, visual, I'll see myself in physical action. And if, and if you check out Stanislavski's work, you'll see that that's exactly what, what his big thing was. Well, one of his big things, Absolutely. How does this work? This is uh, under
0: the umbrella of
1: manifesting, I, I suppose. Um, Back in the day, I try Try and look at it like this. All right, so I'm about to go into a session. The potential for me to fall asleep in session exists. The potential for me to get caught up in the person who I'm working with, their vomit, that exists. The potential for me to get really upset and fall into their vomit exists. The potential for me to be excited and into it and motivated, that exists. Am I creating any of those potentials? No, I'm tapping into one, I'm tapping into the other. I the manifesting that. stuff is, a, is selling stupid. It's selling people, you know, the, uh, it's selling a concept to people. It's selling, selling. And a lot of people, I'll be honest with you, and I, 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 I can't tell you how it works for me. It does. I, I, it just does. Did it work this powerfully 30 years ago? No, it did not. But I'm 61 years old now, so, you know, I've been through things.
0: If you you were going into the doctor, for example, and you had a big test or whatever, a blood test, whatever, you can visualize a great result or a great attitude.
1: Yeah, I stay internal. My, My goal statement for anything that's challenging is I crush this bitch. (laughs) <laughs> and now it comes up automatically if I get scared I hear the words in my head crush this bitch I got that from my daughter she had a, a test in school and she was like crush that bitch <laughs> <laughs> I use that all the time it's very sports like like yeah like we're gonna yeah. go win we're gonna go win yep Ra rah rah mm-hmm I'm very much that way.
0: Is this something we can do as soon as we wake up in the morning to have an awesome day?
1: Um, look at it like this. It's like practicing the piano. It's no different. You go to your first lesson and you think, I'm going to walk out of here playing a Beethoven sonata. That's not that's not going to happen. Yeah. You have to, you have to learn how to practice these things. It's a practice. It's a, it's a practice. If you put in the effort, and you put in the activity, the things that a human being can create are quite endless. It's a practice. So what secondary gain? Consciously, uh, I want to pass the test, but on a subconscious level, I want to fail and have everyone feel sorry I take the test and I fail and my subconscious program goes, yay. So it's the
0: subconscious holding on to the negative potential result.
1: Subconscious doesn't hold on to anything. It just does what it does. It's our job to open up our awareness to some other potential that exists within a situation. We're the ones that can do that. You like, like if I have a Beethoven record and I, put down, and I put it on and it plays bum, 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 uh, bum, 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 the record's not holding on to Beethoven. If I take that record off and I realize, wow, I could play other records and put that on. The potential exists within a situation. <laughs> Remember, here, this, this is theory. So you in can take Mahi- Beethoven,
0: you could take Beethoven off and put on some run DMC.
1: <laughs> yeah. Look at it like this. It, this is theory. In Mahayana Buddhism, there's a concept called the Ten Worlds. Well, the ten worlds are ten separate emotions, ten separate states that you can be in: hell, hunger, anger, animality, humanity, joy, learning, realization, bodhisattva, or Buddha. But the ten worlds are not separate. Each world is within each world. So there are actually a hundred worlds. Do you like to be depressed? No. There's your world of Buddha. Do you like to be depressed? No. I want to learn how to get out of it. There's the world of learning inside of hell. Do you like to be depressed? No. I have, I'm hungry to, to change to see something different. Each world is within each world. So the potential, that's the theoretical explanation of the potential. And the potential runs by um, rules. They call them the 10 factors. 10 factors, how life manifests in the physical and spiritual realms. So there's um, uh, there, there are 100 worlds times 10 is 1,000 because they're 10 factors. And that manifests in the human being, the environment, and the society. So that's 1,000 times 3. So that's called each in its sense. Um, uh, three thousand realms in a life moment, and a life moment is not a second. The word moment is continuous; it's not a time concept. The moment is not a bink, bink, bink on your clock. So when it says te- uh, three thousand world, uh, three thousand realms in a moment, it, it, that's not referring to one o'clock, two o'clock, yeah. three o'clock clock time. Yeah. Yeah. So the potential to change exists. Yeah. So when someone sits down and talks, you train yourself not to go into their vomit spew You train yourself to, you ask them, is that conscious? Are you doing that? Or is it popping up on its own? Let's say popping up on its own. And you start to ask them, well, what would you rather see? What would you rather hear? What would you rather see? That's kind of how the subconscious how we experience it.
0: And so we can use whole brain posture and goal statements
1: to. Yeah, whole brain posture, Paul Dennison, we did that for accelerated learning. That's all it is. It's a, it, it just, it just, you learn things quicker. Mm. It's a teaching tool. they very helpful. I enjoy. And have you passed this to many clients? Um, yeah, I mention it. I uh, I use it. It's helpful, but I don't talk about it forever. Like I, I'll show someone something. Like, like, I'll show someone something, and then my expectation is that they do it. Right. And you don't do the work. Then. It's just blah blah blah. Right. Yeah,
0: coming up with goal statements is quite liberating in a way just just coming up with goal statements is kind of liberating because you're you're consciously coming up with the opposite right? Yeah.
1: Right. potential potential result that you find more satisfying. and so the simplest way to come up with a goal statement is take any problem make believe it's fixed and as if it's happening in the present and then use that there's so many things that a person can do You know, look look at it like this. Here's an interesting view on being a therapist. Like, I've done 70,000 of these. That means that on a subconscious level, I've experienced and worked out 70,000 different types of problems. Where the average person just sits down and thinks about their problems. I hear my clients in my head all the time. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll hear someone talking. Like I'll actually hear verbatim statements. That's how deep this is. It's like, you know, let's say you write a book and someone reads it and they resolve a really deep issue. You're a part of that and your subconscious has resolved that within you as well. You're not, we're not alone on this ground, this level. We're not alone. We, we truly are that interconnected thing.
0: yeah and earlier you mentioned the whole light bulb analogy
1: yeah and well it's, uh, the subconscious is I, me, or my above I, me, or my is us so, so Mikkel says so Mikkel says above I, me, or I is an us yeah an us how do you spell an anus, anus. <laughs> And so,
0: in in the famous book, A Course in Miracles, it's referred to as the sonship. Many people call it the collective mind. We're all connected, and we're all the same, which is why judgment, so to speak, is a quote unquote sin, because you're, you're looking at your brother or sister.
1: You're, yeah, you're the same. Yeah, you don't think you don't think that stuff in, that's happening in Afghanistan right now is not affecting us neurologically, right? You don't right. think every time the Earth is assaulted and beat up on, that it's not affecting us neurologically?
0: And how about the pandemic? I mean, it just affects you, us. You, you mentioned it affects to me about a month ago we talked, and you were you said to me you're like I think the pandemic's bothering. You said to me, oh yeah. And
1: I'm like, oh, that's not messing with me. But it does it subliminally. It does it. Yeah, no, I have have pandemic vomit. Of course. I have pandemic vomit. I have money vomit. I have vomit about these friggin' health insurance companies. I have political vomit. I have anything that is known to humanity, I have vomit. You're human. You have human vomit. I have a, a, a... a simple way to look at it is I had a mother and father. Right. And when you experience your problems, your vomit, you're experiencing their energetic pain filtered through your personality. Uh. So when someone says, uh. my mother did that to me, that's a dumbass statement. No, they didn't do that to you. You're feeling what your mother felt through your own focus, through your own personality. Personality is unique.
0: Right. So you have all this vomit, mm-hmm. but the idea, the, the, the potential is to not identify with it. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes there mm-hmm. might be some good advice in there or a little poke. Well, says,
1: so sometimes sometimes you like to identify with that, especially especially when it's um, happy vomit. Right. Sure, I, I like mean, last year when the Jets. Like last year when the Jets won the Super Bowl, I had happy vomit all over the place. <laughs> yeah. The Jets aren't ever winning the Super Bowl. I hate to point. Jets won the Super Bowl last year, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, you need a gold state. why do you think that?
1: they got the number? Why do you think they got the number two draft pick this year?
0: Because they won the
1: Super Bowl. <laughs>
0: um, happy vomit. Yeah, I. I my teenage and yeah. twenties, one of my favorite things to do would be to put on my favorite music and just uh-huh. vibe out yeah. by myself and, and yeah. lit, actually let my thoughts just go in the dream mode. Patterns all on its own. But that's not real
1: either. Nope. It's all an illusion. Well, yeah. That's one way to look at life. there there are you know, you get slapped in the face by a pretty girl, and it doesn't seem like an illusion.
2: <laughs> I mean
0: I mean I mean more of the thoughts.
1: Mhm <laughs> But what yeah.
0: about the gaps in between the thoughts?
1: Awareness mm. it, it never. It never stops. It's always, it's just, it's where our awareness goes. Like when you space out, like you're, you're spacing out, you're accessing other layers of the machine. Mm-hmm. It's just, it. your brain. My way of looking at it, like I said, be, my way of looking at it is when you're spacing out, the reason why it's so therapeutic is because you're accessing information from the machine that is, uh, N- not transferable into language we don't have words for it so
0: spacing out is wonderful oh yeah yes so I have to wrap this up in a few before I There's ask there. one last question mm-hmm. where can people come say hello to you you're not a big social media guy
1: and not at all associated with it. They'd Would have I, to find. They'd have to find my phone number, which is kept in a secret hidden vault. <laughs> 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 they'd have to. They'd have to. Sometimes people go online and see. Um, I do have some Google page. There is an Andrew show page. But uh, just call myself.
0: One of the things that I. I've observed about you from the day I met you is you, you tend to, or at least it, it seems that you just don't take life all that serious. You like to laugh. Well, the like reason,
1: the reason why you got from me, what you got from me was because of, of Joe Lachance. Right. I love Joe. Joe's like a brother of mine. So when he told me that, uh, uh, about you you got the kitchen set yeah For
2: like
1: because three. i'm uh, yeah. yeah i'm i'm just very loyal and and joe is joe's head and yeah. so uh that's that's why that that's why that yeah. um normally normally an average human being would have not got what i said all the things i said to you
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we were on Facetime for like three weeks straight. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's right, yeah. and, and I'm very appreciative of it.
2: Oh yeah, sure.
0: It's, but uh, you, but what I'm what I'm saying is you, you're very lax in your approach to life.
1: Um, sometimes. Sometimes I could be the biggest dick on earth. (laughs) You know, it it depends on, you know, depends on what's happening. Um, You know, everyone is multidimensional. There are aspects to them that, you know, like if you lived with me, you, you would, you would wonder if I ever talk. I never talk. Now I'm talking, but after we get off, I might say three words until I have to go back to work. I went with Jane up to Maine, back and forth. I think I said a sentence. She's very good with it. She she realizes that what I'm doing in my head has nothing to do with talking. When I'm when I'm doing this, I mean the reason why I did this with you is you know I know Joe I know you. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting around talking about
0: it.
1: Right. I did it because you asked me to do it.
0: You're pretty under the radar, buddy.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not? You know, probably the best thing that ever happened to me were experiences where I realized I I can't teach this to anybody. There's no way I can teach this to anyone because I don't know how I got it. The only thing I can come up with is I work with a lot of people and introduced a lot of people to Buddhism, but I can't tell you how how I got to the place where I got. You can hear it in the music. You can hear a definite change in the music over the past four years. Definite change. It went It went from, from zero to 800 real quick. But I can't. I can't, shh, you know. I got here because of, uh, because of what I did, the causes. So. Do you consider yourself a Buddhist? Uh, well, my religion is I'm a Jew. Right. I was, I'm a Bar Mitzvah Jew. But I practice Buddhism. I chant Nam Yoho Renge Kyoho. It's very hip. A I Jew- like making sounds. A Jew booth. Yeah, I'm a Juba. I like the sound. You can pretend that you're one of those priests.
0: (laughs) Have you ever had any uh, trippy moments uh, doing those chants?
1: Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. What are you kidding me? Damn, I created the model of self-identification as a result of that. The whole whole therapy model. I used it for 30 years. Uh, oh, my God. Well, yes. Visions. Oh, just either that or hallucination. I don't know. <laughs> but, oh, I can't begin to tell. You. There's no words to describe. Like the things I've seen, experienced. And Really high shit, like mm. really, really high shit. That's why I said I gotta stay tethered, man. If I get too high, then just the shit that I'll say won't make sense. You know what I mean? Mm. Sounds crazy. And the older I get, the more it ha the more it happens. You know, hearing people in my head or seeing, things and stuff like that. but I, I don't know. That that's just me. I just,
0: I well, you got to go to work on Monday and see 10 clients a day. And
1: <laughs> Monday's not that big. Monday, I think I have eight. It's the spacing that's tough. You know, you start see someone at 10 and then someone has to come at 7 at night. So being a therapist, work a lot of hours. Yeah, That's tough. But that's why I used the visualization step. First time I used it was playing baseball. I was <laughs> playing against a guy that, man, this cat could pitch. like You have no idea. He's an incredible pitcher. And so um, I closed my eyes and I used that of a step. I, I pictured my hips opening up and the feeling of the bat on the ball. And that feeling, that fuck. And I got in the batter's box. He threw me a curveball. That whack. Man. I launched it, like launched it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the next day I was at work. I was working with a psychotic woman, over-medicated. And I realized, because I was falling asleep, how boring it was just sitting there. She's drooling. Up there. And I, I said, oh, shit, I'm in a trance. Let me do that thing. So I pictured myself jumping out of my chair and going, wow, you got it. And then I fell back to sleep. And about three minutes later, she uttered something. And I jumped up and went, wow, you got it. And I'm looking at my hands and said, yeah, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> what the hell is this? That's where that started. So I used it. That's my survival tool. the physical. You visualize the physical body movement.
0: Yeah. You can do colors too,
1: right? You can do colors. Uh-huh.
0: Light green. Colors. Light green.
1: No, never light green, dark green. Light green is tends to move to its sickness. Uh, uh, azure blue, excuse me, green, gold, silver blue, uh, gold, sunset red, gold. Um,
0: so a dark, a dark green like a forest green.
1: Yeah, that's my favorite color. Um, I use that all the time, all the time. Forest it's green. Uh hmm Uh huh. Oh, it was really helpful, all right. Andy, man, from Andy Land. <laughs> Look, there's this guy, and he's holding in his hands the torso of a woman, she's cut in half, her legs are on the floor, and he's showing this woman's torso to his friend. What's the caption of the cartoon? Oh, no. I'd like to introduce you to my half sister,
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: There's not even a <laughs> nickel on that. Not even nickel on that. Now, Nickel would say there are rules to everything, even being crazy. It's gotten to the point where we've perfected those rules, where the rules for being sane are kept secret. Mhm.
0: Mm. Rules for
1: keeping sane
0: are kept secret.
1: Yeah. The rules for being crazy. Everyone knows about. All right. We done good. (laughs) Thanks for joining me. Very, very well. Thanks for listening to inner peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.